Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to the last in the current series of Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kiri Kermode. I went along to the Food and Drink Festival at the Villa Marina Gardens. And I catch up with Nigel Taylor to find out the latest news in the world of fur and feather. Well, a very successful two days at the Isle of Man Food and Drink Festival that you attended, Kiri, and uh, you were on duty and getting bits and pieces from it as well, so a busy time for you. That was right, a really enjoyable two days, and it's certainly gone from strength to strength over the last ten years. I think it might have been touching eight or 10,000 people over the weekend in attendance, families, children, everybody really enjoying the atmosphere, and what a great spell of weather it was on the Saturday too. It definitely drew the crowds, and I caught up with some of the people there. Lee Mayers, a very, very busy weekend for you here at the Food and Drink Festival with your butchery. What yeah. a display. Yeah, it's been absolutely cracking. Uh, it's been non-stop and uh, we've had such good feedback. Obviously, the chef's been cooking our stuff as well. He's, they're trying stuff coming over. and Yeah, it's gone really well and it's got our name out there, which is important. Yeah. So, yeah. How important is, is it for you to source the right product to sell? Very important. Um, I mean... We're doing the old traditional way of doing things, so it's it's important. And with the traceability now we're getting, uh, customers are really happy. They know where it's coming from. They can chase it back to the farm. Um, it's brilliant. And, um, and do you think that is really important to your customers? Yeah, it is, definitely. We're seeing a lot of customers wanting to know more about where everything's come from. They want to know what they're eating. They want to know where it's bred. Uh, obviously, the Manx, the Manx meats now is a, a big thing. So, yeah, yeah, we're just pushing it as much as we can and uh, the customers are liking it and that's what it's all about. And what is your favourite item? There's so many to choose from, you know, you've got a great <laughs> display of beef, lamb and pork. Yeah, uh, obviously steaks, you can't go wrong with a good steak. Uh, um, yeah, sirloin, ribeyes, that sort of thing, anything. Anything I'm not foreseeing me, really. As long as it's been hung on my shop, I'm not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> but a few people, a few of the customers that I've heard just while I've been waiting to talk to you, the maple sticky syrup sausages you know yes. the glazes that you put on them the marinades it seems to make a difference very much so um we only started off with about three or four tubs of these marinades and since we've started to, to put on obviously it brings a lot of color to your counters uh, so it does brighten up your display but yeah people are looking for something different something already they can just cook straight away and it's a lot easier for them and they're getting a lot of flavour from it too so they're happy and uh, yeah they taste really nice and this is where I'm going to bring Phil Parsons in the plant manager from Isle of Man Meats to support a butcher in in Lee Mayers providing the the products for him to sell it it must be a credit to the farmers and to the plant it is a good uh, it is a credit to everybody and if you look at some of the uh, the products that Lee's got on for sale you know it's, it's really good people are coming back and buying more today the second day Obviously, with the tastings, uh, they're tasting it before they want to buy it. And, you know, they definitely go and buy what they're tasting. So whatever Lee's putting through that side, you can see a change in what they buy behind it. And it's good quality. Yes, he's got a lot of marinades on, but even the, you know, the standard cuts are of a good quality and flavour. And they're going just as well. So it's just, it's just something different, I think, what he's got on there with the different colours. You can see all the way down it. It makes a difference. Rachel Ranson, another busy weekend for you with Bala Kelly here, inundated with, with people purchasing and staff and everybody running around helping. It's been brilliant. Lovely end to our season. Because Food Festival for us, we class as like our year end. 
So it'll be staff parties now before the end of September. But yeah, we've had a, a wet year this year, to say mm. the least. So it's been nice. I know it's raining now, but the, it's held off till this last hour. So. Yesterday, this marquee was absolutely chocky. You couldn't have fitted another person in it. it. It must be a good end for it. It has. It's been brilliant. And the rain's actually washed the last few people in. So <laughs> it's been good for us. Yeah. Farmer Al's wanting a word. He's wanting to just pull in that he is one of the main producers in this tent that's actually produced his product yeah. from start yeah. to finish. And I think that is something that people are looking for. They're wanting to know where the food comes. They want to know who grows it who's looked after it these things are really essential now maybe 10 years ago it didn't really matter but do you see that as as a change it's a huge change i mean this is our fourth food festival now um, and even over this last three years of doing this job we sort of the passion is getting stronger and this last year people have actually they come here to find us which is lovely and they love the fact that they can come to the farm on a saturday and actually see who does it who's behind it it's yeah. more than just a label and yeah, it's good. And, and I think like you've got a good team of helpers here. I know there's a lad here been working tirelessly, you know, flipping the burgers, turning the bacon, the spit roasts outside, you know. So, Jason, you've been busy with the hog roast. It's something that people really, really want to come and try. Yeah, it's quite a novelty thing as well. There's not many companies over here that actually do it. And, again, to reflect what Rachel was saying, it's we produce it at Balakelly. Um, it's slaughtered at Alma Meats. We take it home. We prepare it. You guys eat it. So... Mm. And do you think it's important that people are getting it as fresh as that? Yeah, and I think that reflects in the taste as well. Um, it's low, you know, from farm to fork, low mileage. Um, again, it's cared for well at home. And again, I think it massively reflects in the taste and the care that goes into the animal growing up. You know, the, the, it reflects well on the product. And how proud are you as a farm, you know, you work at the farm, you're a farm worker, to, to see the animals strive and go on to be enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, I come from farm family, as you know, and it's... Um, I think there's very few people out there that care and love the animals more than Alan does, you know. It's a lot of hard work, and it's not just people you see at the stand. There's a team behind the farm, you know, that, that working there today as we're stood here. So it, there's a lot of this. It's not just what you see on the outside. There's a lot more that goes into it behind the scenes as well. So Yeah, it's a good team effort. And like Rachel said, it is coming to the end of the, the, the year now. This is yes. the, the final one. It, it's been busy. It has. It's been good. I say we had a bit disappointing Royal Show this year with the, with the day being cancelled, but I think we made up for it a little while on the Saturday. Um, you know, we sold a, a good good chunk of it, and we didn't quite make the sudden this year. Um, you know, looking forward to Christmas. We've got the Christmas market coming up and everything else, and just nice wind down to the end of the year now, so it'll be yeah, good. And Rachel, just nipping back to you, Christmas, Jason just pointed out, is only around the corner. Plenty of things in the pipeline. I love Christmas, so for me, Christmas is not a sort of, oh, no, it's Christmas very festive but whilst you're on the topic of what we call the meat heroes the people that help us like Al and I would like to say a huge thank you to everyone around us because without them we couldn't do this it's been a tough year for us and you know they do help and it's all the friends and family that come out of the woodwork that make it what it is and you have two young children you know they come with you to all of these events it must be hard on them and you as a mum to juggle it all about but Alice, you really enjoy coming to these events? Yeah. What, what's your favourite part of the shows? Selling. <laughs> Who is taught? <laughs> Somebody has taught her well at Balakelly. But it is, it's the next generation though, Rachel. It is the next generation and these are the guys that are going to carry it on for us. You know, so we can pave the way, but without them following in our shoes, there is going to be no farming world. So exciting times. You're looking forward to Christmas, Alice? Yeah. What's your favourite part? 
peasants. <laughs> Brian Brumby, we're inundated with families, children here at the Food and Drink Festival with the Manx NFU. It's been a fabulous two days. Yeah, it's been very, very good. Um, it's great to see so many people interested in the Manx produce and what we can offer and what we can supply to. And here you've got a display of, of two lovely milking cows, you've got goats. Children are interacting. It's a huge part of life. Yeah, well, they always say if you educate the children, you educate the parents. <laughs> and the, the, the children drive the parents, and, uh, you know, that's part of what, what we've got here. We've, we've two angles to it. Yes, the kids' uh, children are attracted into the goats and the cows and like to stroke them, but we've also got information posters around for the adults to read and up, update them on you know, the Alaman and the produce that we're producing. And has there been lots of interesting questions coming from the general public about how the Isle of Man farms? Yeah, um, now, now that the Isle of Man has de uh, declared a climate change emergency, a lot of the questions are along those lines. And there's a lot of talk about agriculture and the way we're producing food and the carbon footprint. And as... As things work out with the Isle of Man, we, we asked 50 years ago, we didn't go down the route of mass commercial farming. We have still got a lot of hedgerows um, and average field size of five acres, which in effect makes the farming less efficient, but is very good for the environment and the wildlife. And what we should be doing is holding up the Isle of Man as an example of how other people should now be farming instead of the factory farming type, because it's a lot more sustainable what, what we are doing than what's happening in other places. You've absolutely hit the nail on the head. It seems to be the case when you travel around the UK and Ireland, the farms are either getting big, intensive factory-style farmers, or some people now are moving into small holding, keeping a handful of pedigree livestock or a small, a small amount of animals, but having a full-time job. Cash flow seems to be the driver. Yeah, any business at the end of the day, you've got to have a cash flow, you've got to be seeing a profit to make it long, a long-term viable business. And as far as the Manx farms and the way we're farming, as I said, the carbon footprint, etc., you know, the best, best thing people can do um, from an environment and a local perspective is buy local and buy the seasonal produce that we're, we're producing because they are produced to a very high standard. Well, Mr Dale, a very busy weekend for the Beach Buddies indeed. To, to say the very least. <laughs> I've got another bag of rubbish here and I don't know how many I've picked up, but the nice thing is we've recycled more this time than probably ever before and I think more than anything else we've noticed that there's not so much rubbish around on the ground. So more bins more efficiently emptied and people have seemed to notice the difference yeah it does it looks very very tidy here now i know the rain has come a little bit early today but what about it people are everywhere still they're enjoying this weekend aren't they they are but this is the isle of man this this year i think it's been rain one day sun the next it's been weird hasn't it, <laughs> it um, really has. and you know what i mean there's not as many people as there were here maybe i don't know an hour ago but um actually quite a lot of them are undercover in the bar so <laughs> not a bad place to be <laughs> no exactly and then there's some of them over there in the uh, display tent and the cooking area so 
I think most of them have just gone undercover. This is just the Isle of Man, isn't yeah. it? It's, uh, it's been, but it's been a really good weekend. I think yesterday was excellent. It really has. The numbers must have been through the roof yesterday with the sunshine as well. But what a great festival to have here on the island. Yeah, and you know what? I think what's happened with it is it's settled now. Um, people don't come here and wait for sort of weird surprises. They know what they're going to expect. A bit like the agricultural shows. It's on the calendar. It's been here for a while now. The same people are here and more and more people come along with different types of products and drinks and food and I mean some of the food in the tent over there oh my goodness the smell this morning here when all of the uh, wares were getting cooked up sausages bacon whatever it was Uh, I'm right alongside the uh, the guys who are cooking queenies with garlic oh my goodness I could have just you know (laughs) could just dived into it you know it was lovely but it's been really really good yeah but that is it people want to taste the local food and then in turn they go and buy it and they will and will again you know they have great experiences at these food and drink festivals and I think it must be good for the island's economy it's got to be. I mean, I think these guys must have turned over quite a lot of money. This food court area here has been really busy. Until it started raining about 15, 20 minutes ago, this place was absolutely rammed. Yesterday, it was jammed all day. I think good on them, too, you know, because there's a lot of effort goes into this. I was watching them set up this morning, and uh, they're bringing in mountains of stuff, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's a big job. But, and it's not cheap to come here, you know. You've, you've got to pay your way. But um, I think it's been a, a really... I think this has been the best one. I've been to every one. I think this has been the best. Chris Neal, you've had a busy weekend too here representing? Isle of Man Quinoa. Yeah, and it looks great. The product is, you know, it's one of these newer products, isn't it really? But people are finding their feet with it now. Yeah, it's one of the superfoods that the class out there. Highly nutritious, dead easy, simple to cook. Um, and we've come today, we've brought a salad and also a chocolate brownie. Just wow, that's the last thing you'd ever think it would get made into, isn't it? So it's just really to show that it's not just for salads. Yeah. You can also bake with it. Uh, yesterday we did a cookery demonstration with yeah. Johan Bonjus from Government House. And Johan did a uh, power bar and also a... Uh, I can't think of the word. It's a fancy, fancy <laughs> word, but it's uh, <laughs> cheese and quinoa oh, all nice. mixed up with a breadcrumb coating deep fried gorgeous it sounds absolutely gorgeous but like you say people are now into their health they want superfoods and it's just perfect timing for the delivery of this product well hopefully and i think it's, it's gaining interest and um, the fact that it is such such highly nutritious and uh, like i say it's, it's that super that they're even contemplating taking it to the moon to try and grow <laughs> it in space so we're growing it down and bright which is almost like the back of the moon and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it, it, I said we've got the new label and the new branding, and um, yeah, we're, we're trying to get more outlets on board, trying to get people up to speed with it, what they can do with it, and just the fact that it is it is dead easy to cook with, and you know, it's great for the environment, great for the economy, and uh, and great for you to eat it. Well, this is it, isn't it? And and people are keen to support local. You know, something that's, like you say, grown in bride. You know, I'm sure lots more farmers would be keen to maybe try, see if they can produce it, and hopefully as your business grows, provide it for your business. Yeah, well, we're just two young farmers just having a crack. Um, you know, we thought we might as well have a go and see where this gets to. And it is slowly growing. It is a lot more effort than what people would perceive any diversification to be. But... If you don't, you know, if you don't put the effort in, you don't get it out. And uh, I say it is a learning curve. Sometimes it's steeper, and sometimes <laughs> you know things go a bit easier. But it's interesting. We're meeting some fantastic people, 
and uh, I, th I think definitely it's put us more in touch with the consumer. That was Chris Neal from Isle of Man Quinoa, Rachel Ranson and Jason Moore from Bala Kelly in Andreas, Lee Mayers and Phil Parsons from Isle of Man Meats, Bill Dale from the Beach Buddies, Andy Cooper and Brian Brumby from the Manx National Farmers Union. A mighty selection you caught up with there. And the nice thing about it was, Kiri, that the, the people you spoke to there are all keen on it and keen to talk to you about it, which is can be rare in this day and age, <laughs> like a good steak. <laughs> it can be, but they're so proud of what they do. They're so proud to promote everything that's Manx, whether it's the NFU they're talking and trying to educate the younger generations, which I think is pretty essential, to Bill Dale tidying up all of the rubbish. The place was spotless. It was beautiful on the Saturday and really, really rainy, sort of misty in the Sunday afternoon. So it was two spouts of weather, but both times keeping the whole of the Villa Marina Gardens tidy. And then the meat producers, Rachel Ranson, and Alan Tier there from Bala Kelly with their produce grown on the farm right through to the sale and then Isle of Man Meats and Lee Mayers you know working hand in hand to bring the rest of the Isle of Man's produce to the forefront just such proud people yeah it is and just to clarify I didn't mean that there's no good steaks on the Isle of Man <laughs> I mean that a a good steak yeah. will be ready. And that is the other thing, Simon. In the yeah. cooking theatre, they were demonstrating how to cook a good steak. And I think that's also essential, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't know if you ever get the full story. It's like these recipes that, you know, you get. I think if it's a really good one, I don't know if they always give you the full the full load on how to do it. You haven't heard Phil Gorn's story about making the jam, have you? Nope. Fair enough. I'll leave that for another time. <laughs> listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, during the Royal Manx Show and the Southern Agricultural Show, I never got the chance uh, to talk to anyone from the fur and feather marquee. Well, I made up for that by talking to Nigel Taylor, who's heavily involved in it, and I got the latest news from the fur and feather and to find out about any up-and-coming events. Well, it's coming up to the sort of showing, the serious showing season, uh, for um, breeders of well chickens and rabbits actually the winter is the sh the, the serious show period because that's when uh, animals birds tend to be in the best condition the young ones are just coming up to being ready and the old ones are just molted so um, it's, a, it's a good time to be doing it so um, whilst we do go along to the agricultural shows in the summer um, there's not many feathers on some things at that time of year. It's not a thing that they're, they're in peak condition all the year round then? Well, well, no. Mm. I mean, um, ducks, it's quite interesting. Ducks, of course, a mallard duck, uh, the male will lose all of its colouring and go into what's called eclipse when it's molting because it can't fly during that period because they lose their wing feathers. So they, they become a lot more drab looking. Um, so they're less conspicuous to predators and they lose their, you know, a, a mallard has a green shiny head yeah. normally. So um, that's that's sort of relevant to it as well. But the best condition, as I say, is sort of early winter. And that's when we have the big shows we go to uh, across as well. With the, for, I'm talking mainly about chickens, of course, but um, uh, it is the same with, with rabbits and um, with my, you know, friends who keep rabbits. But we have two big shows sort of November, December, um, Telford and, um, and the, 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 that's the, that's a poultry club show, uh, and the Federation show in Stafford. And that's where the sort of serious showing gets done. That's like the crufts of the chicken world and the seven or 8,000 birds at those shows. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, when you see the, the firm feather tent um, at the Royal Manx or the Southern shows, um, you think, wow, there's quite a few on display. But, I mean, how does that compare? Is it nothing like these big shows? Uh, it's it's not really much like it. And um, you've got to be into it because it's pretty noisy, Simon, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, because when, when we go in and try and interview in the firm feather, there's all sorts of squawking and yes, noise. And, well, but, does that affect the different animals that, that you're breeding? If, you, if you've got rabbits to show with the cockles crowing and ducks quacking and things like that? Well, I know the um, our rabbit friends don't like being too near the call ducks, to be honest. Um, those are the little... Miniature ducks, um, which you see a few shown uh, roundabout over here, they were they're, they're called call ducks, and they were originally bred to be decoy ducks um, to call down wild ducks to be shot. So they're they're specifically bred to be noisy. <laughs> and the rabbits don't particularly like them. No, the rabbit keepers. I don't think the rabbits themselves are bothered. Yeah, but you're getting ready for uh, the first show of the year, are you? Yeah, I run a little show in October, which is Manx Bantam Fur and Feather uh, show, and that's on the 6th of October. Um, we hold it in the Memorial Hall on the main road in Union Mills every year, and I'm just getting ready to be sending out all the um, entry forms and details of that. And what sort of um, animals are, are involved in that? Well... It's, uh, it's the usual ones you might see at the agricultural shows, so that's uh, chickens, ducks, uh, pigeons, rabbits, cats, guinea pigs, um, but because uh, this is only a little show in a small hall, we, d- we only have bantams, we don't have large fowl poultry, so it is just a bantam show. All right, and what, where, what's the classification? How do you judge which is a bantam? I presume the bantams are the smaller breeds of Yeah, chicken. yeah. Uh, some, some breeds of bantams, um, there, aren't, there aren't a large version, but most breeds of poultry you'll see, I mean, the ones you'll have heard, you know, most people have heard of, Rhode Island Reds, Light Sussex, that kind of thing. Um, they're, they're sort of farm hens, are they? Yeah, well, they were bred. Those those two specifically were dual-purpose bred for eating and laying eggs. Some breeds are bred more historically purely for laying eggs, some more for eating. But um, most breeds do have a large version and a small version. So the, the, the small one should be about a fifth the size of the, of the large one. What about the, the bantams then? I mean, are they kept... Just for show, or do they produce good eggs? And oh, things they like? do lay. I mean, a chicken's not much copper if it doesn't lay an egg, is it? I always think, but they are they are bred really for their looks, but they need to still be useful. And um, uh, some some you know they're, they're meaty as well, so they don't, don't just lay eggs. Yeah, um, the the one at Union Mills I'd been uh, to it before, and it was encouraging last year when I went. But uh, there was a lot of young handlers there. Yeah, we do like to encourage people, um, and are always. It's always great to see new people, young and old. Actually, um, there are there seem to be a lot of people who keep. Um, well, of course, lots of people have pet rabbits, uh, but a lot of people um, increasingly have you know backyard chickens and a few chickens roundabout. Um, it would be great to get more people involved with showing them as well, because it's. Um, I mean, it can be serious, but it doesn't need to be, and it's a bit of fun, and there's plenty of prizes. And, you know, plenty to go round. Do you need a special breed to go to the show? Well, they are... They're, they're judged against breed standards, mostly. And each breed, like the same as 
sheep, dogs, cattle, everything else, each breed has got its own standard of perfection which they're supposed to aspire to. Um, but uh, uh, there are other classes for crossbred classes or just ones with utility points, meaning whether they look like they can lay an egg or or um, they look like they'd be okay, you know, in a Sunday dinner. Uh, so it's the reality of it, isn't yeah, it? Well, it, 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 historically, yes. I mean, it, it's interesting as well. Some of these breeds I've mentioned, the likes of like light Sussex. Um, there's not only the large ones and small ones, but there's different types. Some are, some are bred purely for showing, and they tend to be bigger and fluffier. And some have still been kept for what they were originally created for, which is laying laying eggs. Um, so there's different. Um, different types even within the same breed have you uh, got one ready that you think will take the championship um, this year i haven't got down to a short list yet we're still um a few weeks off so um yeah it's it's down to a short list and then the the final few days i'll make a final choice yeah. but of course uh, over the few years ago i mean you were you were struggling. Obviously, it affected numbers for other shows as well, with the with the bird flu scares and things like that. Yeah, well, um, it was a big worry with bird flu, and there was the odd um, winter show which, which we postponed or cancelled um, because of restrictions on that, and we changed the dates as well to bring them back to sort of the back end of the year. Um, but the last couple of years, Touchwood, of course, there's, um, the, 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 it hasn't been prevalent, so... Uh, we've been able to carry on with our normal timetable over the winter of shows. There we are, the secretary of the Manx Bantam Fur and Feather Society, Nigel Taylor. And uh, it's always great to get a chat with them because, you know, the, even though they're sort of hidden away a lot of the time, them shows are remarkable and they get a chance to see um, the, the rabbits all done up beautiful, the furry coats on them and the pigeons and the all sorts of you know, the bantams a serious amount of work goes yeah. into the display of the birds and the, you know and the fur animals as well but they always think the big animals the cattle and the sheep always get the limelight but there's much work and breeding in the genetics and improving their breeds coming from the uk sourcing new stock and bringing them onto the isle of man it's just as important and, and very very prestigious as any of the larger animals yes it is so uh, that's a, a good show to be attending if you can make that all right well that brings us to the end of this series of Countryside uh, let's thank our um, ever loving and patient producer for Countryside Sarah Hendy for her work on the programme thank you Kiri as well and we'll be back in November with a brand new series of Countryside so until then from me Simon Clark and me Kiri Kermode we'll see you then ta-da bye bye